Grace you and peace from God our Father and from our risen and living Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The word of God that we hear this morning is from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 11, verses 1 to 10. Now when they drew near Jerusalem, the Bethpage and Bethany, at the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, and he said to them, Go into the village opposite you, and as soon as you have entered it, you will find a colt tied on which no one has sat. Loose it and bring it. And if anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Say to them, The Lord has need of it, and immediately he will send it here. So they went their way and found the colt tied by the door outside of the street, and they loosed it. But some of those who stood there said to them, What are you doing, loosing the colt? And they spoke to them just as Jesus had commanded, so they let them go. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their clothes on it, and he sat on it. And many spread their clothes on the road, and others cut down leafy branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then those who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom of our father David that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. So far the word of the Lord. Sanctify us by your truth, O Lord. Your word is truth. Amen. Anybody ever miss Christmas? I don't mean do you regret that it's not Christmas. I'm not talking about when you wake up, you know, midway through January and it's cold and dark and you're like, man, I wish it was December with all the pretty Christmas lights and still celebrating Christmas. I mean, do you for, have you ever forgotten Christmas? Have you ever woken up December 26th and said, oh, Christmas was yesterday. I forgot. I forgot to go to service. I forgot to open my presents. I missed Christmas. That would be kind of hard to do. Reminders that it's coming all around us. Every time we turn on the TV, we probably get a reminder that Christmas is coming soon. It's easy to forget our spouse's birthday or anniversary sometimes, at least for some of us. But it's not so easy to forget and miss Christmas. Even though it's not very easy to to miss Christmas, it is pretty easy to miss Christ's coming. The reminders that Christmas is about to be are all around us, but Christ's coming is sometimes not so obvious. It's easy to miss. Have you ever been waiting for something? And when it finally came, you didn't even realize it had come because it came in a way you didn't expect at all? Maybe one of your teenage kids came in through the back door and you were sitting up waiting for them at the front door and they went in and went to bed and you were up for three hours wondering where they were and found out, oh, they were sleeping that whole time. I remember one time when I was in the airport in Zambia waiting for my plane and they started calling my name over the loudspeaker. Except I didn't know that they were calling for me because they messed up my last name so badly I didn't realize they were talking to me. So I remember even looking around saying, oh, there's another Matthew here? I wonder who that is. Before I finally realized, oh, they're trying to say Yudi. Christ's coming is easy to miss because he comes in a way that is so different from what we are expecting, from what we are, are waiting for or looking for. Even John the Baptist was confused. Remember that? John the Baptist was sitting in prison and he sent his disciples to Jesus saying, are you the coming one? The whole purpose of John's life was to point out, here comes the Messiah to the nation of Israel, and yet even John the Baptist thought, 
apparently, this doesn't seem right. There's something wrong here. Is this really what it's going to be like when Jesus comes? So even John the Baptist had doubts. If even John the Baptist is confused, it's no wonder that we often miss Jesus. The last few weeks, we've been talking about Jesus' coming, but the last few weeks we've been talking about his second coming. We've been talking about when he comes again in judgment. And that coming, we're not going to miss. There's no way you're going to miss that. Right? Then Jesus will come the way we expect God to come, with all the glory and with all the trumpets and with the judgment. You know, there are a lot of Christians, a lot of churches that are really obsessed with the signs of Jesus' second coming. What's going to happen? How are we going to know? What's going to be the sign? That's really kind of foolish because there's no way you're going to miss it. You don't have to worry so much about that coming. This coming, his coming at Christmas, the way that he comes to our hearts now, that's the one that we often miss. Because it's not the loud trumpets. It's not the judgment. It's quiet. It's lowly. It's silent. It's not the way we expect. And so we do often miss it if we're not watching for the right signs. Our gospel reading, the first Sunday in Advent, our gospel reading, our sermon text this morning, is the account of Jesus riding into Jerusalem. It's the account of Palm Sunday. And every year, you know, I've been a pastor for 15-some years, and it still surprises me every year. I'm like, oh, that's right. I start preparing my sermon. I'm like, oh, that's right. The, the gospel reading is Palm Sunday. Catches me off guard every year. There's a good reason for it, isn't it? Because here we are at Advent, we're waiting for Christ's coming, we're looking for Christ's coming, but we need to start our Advent season making sure that we know the signs of his coming. Not the signs of his second coming, but the signs of the way that he comes to us now. And that's why Palm Sunday is the reading for this Sunday. Because here we see what it looks like when Jesus comes. We see very clearly the signs of his coming. First of all, he comes riding on a donkey. Why does he come riding on a donkey? What does this mean for our life? Well, we don't have to wonder or guess at it because the prophet Zechariah very helpfully told us not only that this would be one of the signs of his coming, but exactly what it meant. Zechariah 9.9 Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion! Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem, behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. Zechariah tells us exactly what it means that Jesus is coming on a donkey. It means that he comes in a lowly, humble manner. There's an old, older word that we really don't use in this context very much anymore but which is actually a far better indication of why Jesus came riding on a donkey. It's the word mean. Not mean as in angry, but mean as in lowly. He comes in a mean way. And the, old, and the way it was used in times past not only meant lowly, but lowly and humble to a point that it's almost inappropriate. 
That's a mean dress to wear to the party. In other words, it's too ratty. It's too inappropriate for this setting. Jesus comes to us on a donkey in a mean way, in a way that is so lowly and humble that it just doesn't seem possible that God, that Jesus would come in that way. Remember Peter, the night that Jesus was betrayed, when Jesus came to Peter and said, let me wash your feet, and Peter said, no, that's beneath you, Jesus. Jesus was coming to him to be a part of him, to share something with him, to give him a gift, and Peter's reaction was, that's too lowly, that's too humble, that God, the Messiah, should not do that. Jesus does come to us in ways that seem so lowly that they almost seem inappropriate. Imagine that you were in Jerusalem on that day when Jesus rode the donkey into Jerusalem. Imagine you were there working at your job, I don't know, flipping burgers at McDonald's, whatever people in Jerusalem do. You're working at your job and your friend comes running in and, come, come quick, you got to see this. What? What do I have to see? There's a guy riding a donkey. That doesn't sound that exciting. No, 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 there's a homeless Galilean riding a donkey. I still don't see why I should shut down my store to go see a guy riding a donkey, right? It's not the way we expect the Messiah to come. Even if your friend told you, it's the Messiah, your reaction would probably be, I don't think so. That's not how the Messiah would come. And that's exactly the reaction that a lot of the people had. This isn't how Christ would come. But it is how Christ comes. Lowly. Humbly. He still comes to us in these ways. He's coming to you right now through me. That's kind of hard to believe. It would be hard for me to believe if I was out there too. Jesus has come through Pastor Matt Udy or, or any other pastor. But that's the promise that he gives us in his word. Paul says, 1 Corinthians 4, verse 1, Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and as stewards of the mysteries of God. I remember after the Lord gave the words of the benediction, the same benediction that we use every service, what did he promise? Number 627, so they shall put my name on the children of Israel and I will bless them. God promises to come through the preaching of his word. No matter how talented or, or how sinful or how flawed or failing the, the pastor or the person speaking that word is, God promises to come to us in this way. The donkey was nothing, right? I am nothing. All those who preach God's word are nothing but the simply vehicles by which Christ comes. He comes to us also. We're going we're gonna to receive him in communion this morning. What is, what is wine? What is bread? These are nothing. These are lowly and humble. What is the water of baptism? Nothing. And yet through it, Christ comes to us. You know, if we go out seeking the greatest speakers of our age, the churches with the most glitz and glamour, the greatest choirs, the, the most energetic or youthful pastor, if we go out seeking these things, we're going to miss Christ. That's not to say that Christ doesn't also come 
through churches and pastors who are much more eloquent than I am or choirs that are much better than our faith choir. Christ comes through them all. But <clears throat> the point is, if that's what we're looking for, if that's what we're, we're watching for, we're going to miss Christ. He comes on a donkey. He comes through humble means. Christ not only came riding a donkey, but he came riding into Jerusalem. What does it mean that he came riding into Jerusalem? Again, the prophet Zechariah speaks about this. Rejoice, O daughter of Zion. Why? Because your king comes to you just and having salvation. He comes into a city of sin in order to bring the forgiveness of sins. So if you saw two advertising posters, if you're trying to plan your vacation and you saw two advertising posters, which place do you think you'd go to? The one that said, come to our beaches, they're nice and clean and the water is pristine and blue and we have beautiful coral for snorkeling. Or the one that says, come to our beaches, our water is oily and slimy and our beaches are filthy and filled with broken glass and used syringes and trash is washing up daily from the waves. Which one are you going to go to? You know, which one does Jesus choose to ride into? Does he wait for Jerusalem to be pure and clean? No. What does Jesus have to say about Jerusalem? He says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. I remember in our Old Testament reading from Isaiah as well, what does Isaiah confess? He confesses, we are all like an unclean thing and all our righteousnesses are like filthy rags. Jerusalem was not clearly clean and pure and beautiful. It was a filthy, dirty city, both physically and spiritually. And yet Jesus rides into Jerusalem to save it because of its filth. Jesus rides into our hearts as well, despite their filthiness and their sinfulness. In Advent, as well as in Lent, we try to prepare ourselves for Christ's coming, and that's good, we should try. But if we wait until our heart is pure and holy on our own efforts, then we're never going to see Christ's coming. Christ comes even when our hearts are filthy and filled with sin. It's not an excuse for us to just do more sin, but rather it's the gracious promise of our Savior that he comes for sinners. Finally, Jesus came riding a donkey. He came into Jerusalem, but he came as the people saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. What does this word mean, Hosanna? It means save us now, O Lord. And that's exactly what Jesus came to do, isn't it? He came to save sinners. He came to die. That's another reason why we begin our Advent. The first Sunday of our, our Advent season, we begin with the reading of Palm Sunday account, the account of Jesus riding into Jerusalem to remind us why he came. As we look forward to Christmas, as we celebrate the birth of our king, as we rejoice in the star and the wise men and the shepherds and the, the children singing for us so beautifully on Christmas Eve, as we, we rejoice in all these things, we need to always keep in our hearts and in our minds why he came. He came to die for our sins. 
Christ doesn't come to us in glory and pomp and riches. He doesn't come because we make ourselves pure and clean enough for him. He came lowly, humbly on a donkey, and he still comes to us through humble means. He came riding into Jerusalem, a city of sinners, and he still comes for sinners. He came to die. And only when we look for someone who came to die for our sins are we going to see and find and not miss the coming of our Savior. Amen.